You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Flash planning. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology on WMR.FM. It's the... Uh... 29th of January, 29th of July, <laughs> 2021, and uh, I know it feels like the 29th of January. We got sad news to, to, to open the show with. Um, Eric Stafford, the uh, the witty and the well-loved creative director at AimClear, passed away last night. He, uh, he had a heart attack two months shy of his 48th birthday. If you grew up in Chicago in the 80s or the 90s, you might have known him as the Grill Street Artist Gear. Um, he was a frequent uh, writer, conference speaker. He was the father of two children. He passed away way too young. Um, Eric Stafford, man rat, rest in peace. You're going to be missed by a, a lot of people in the industry who loved you. Um, the news broke just hours hours before going to air, and I'm um, still stunned, you know. Yeah, I do know. Yeah. It's um, um, all that can be said about that, really. Indeed. It's... Um, we're getting a lot of these announcements. It feels like, oh, I don't know, one a week for the last little while. Um, maybe it's the age we're at. <laughs> um, the, <laughs> the, the, the industry has been around for, uh, for over 30 years now. And, uh, and yeah, it's yeah. just, uh, it's, 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 it's weird and sad and uh, memento mori. Um, go and enjoy the summer while you can. Because, um, as always, summer's almost over. Yeah. Well, apparently, and to switch us gears into a lighter note, apparently it's very close to January 29th, according to you. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> well, things, things move very quickly here in, in tech. Um, 
So the, the holidays are now over. You can't prep anymore, but we should start preparing for next year, I guess. Well, actually, let's prep the audience for next week. I ain't going to be here. Um, not sure if uh, – are you, are you going to carry on to a show next week, Dave? Oh, we'll, we'll do a show. I, I'll find I, – I, I, I haven't lined anybody up yet. Uh, but, uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll have, I, I don't know whether I'm going to go guests or co-host or what, but we're going to have a good time. Um, <laughs> and then that'll give you and I something to, to talk about, uh, the week after. And, uh, maybe, 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 maybe who knows, maybe Google will give us something to talk about. <laughs> what a surprise for, that would be. For instance, like, I think, well, actually it wasn't Google. Barry has given us something to talk about. Did you see his piece in uh, search engine land yesterday? Um, the one where Google, well, Google knows we like search engines, eh? So it built a search engine full of search engines that it all flowed to like a master search mm-hmm. engine to figure out what the result set is, like, you know, which result set is more relevant than the others. Mm-hmm. Sound crazy. But what if I told you that all of that was influenced by clicks? Yeah, eh? So Gary E's um, let the cats out of the bags because um, apparently there's more than one cat to be in a bag here. Mm-hmm. Um, on how Google compiles search results by having elements of search sort of like bid or prove the relevancy of their uh, result sets against other um, elements of search bid or prove their relevancy of each other. All of this is sorted by their own little search engines and then sorted by a master search engine. Um, did you, did you, did that, 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 that's amazing. It, to me, it makes perfect sense. Um, it, it's interesting because I'm building, well, I, I'm not building. Let me let me be clearer here. Uh, regular listeners will know that I do a, a lot of work for a company that's in the machine learning space. They do a lot of like reports and stuff like that. And, and so we're working on some background um, systems to do, I can't say what, but similar-ish sort of things. And yes, we will be using clicks as one of the metrics one among many uh because i also know because i'm an seo uh clicks are easy to manipulate but <laughs> uh, you know and they're not the only factor because I mean, even just a like a click can be un- unsatisfying on the other end right google is well aware of that you know, so am i i just because i click on something doesn't mean i like it but it is one factor um so it doesn't surprise me to hear this um unlike last week where i immediately went and here's all the ways we can abuse that um in 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 some of the discussions we were having last week um i can see the problems inherent in there google clearly knows them um I, I've had to predict um, some some problems for for my client. I can see problems they would have here if you had um, a, a creative brain and a large scale system like I don't know all of us with access to AWS. Right? <laughs> um, and, and and so I, I I won't talk about how this could be abused because I think it's a, a great system. I'm sure other people are, have, have thought of ways as well or or how you could sort of like tweak it to like make things um come up but oh god like if, if we were in english class in like like grade 12 and i was reading what you just said in like a, a novel I'm, I'm like the english teacher i'm like okay because you, you need to read between the lines and spot the metaphors here yeah there, <laughs> okay. there, there are ways to do it right where it's anyway you, you'd have to look at uh, in indirect dots but you'd be able to connect them pretty fast well, um and, and then create systems to to help promote your thing um, what I, I think this really, to go outside of that scope, although it might give a, give a little hint to where I was going there, I think what it tells people to do, and, and I'm 
I, I do this regularly anyway, is look at all of your keywords using a tool like, I mean, not this one, you're not going to do individually. Yes, you should like visually actually look at many search results, but this one, that's not going to work. Look at the breadth, like thousands of keywords in, in your space, if you have a large enough space for that. Um, and, and then look at which type of um, cert features are, are prevalent there. And if it's something like video, okay, that tells you what to do. Even if it's in queries where video doesn't appear, you know, look at that and go, okay, is there an absence of a video that should, or is it a case of video shouldn't rank for this type of query? Figure out where there's those holes, where there just isn't a video that fits the need, but queries like that do tend to have video. Build that video, optimize it, put it up on YouTube. You could host it yourself, but I, I have a, this sneaking suspicion oh, that Google helps. YouTube, YouTube helps, yeah, um, and, and put it up there. Like Basically, like let's look and, and try and figure out what kinds of features and because especially if you're targeting one where the video doesn't exist yet make sure you create some nice clickbaity i hate clickbait but you're going to need to do it you know some well let's say clickable titles because you're going to need to immediately reinforce that this you know that, that a video is, it, is in fact interesting exactly exactly now, now the downside is you're going to need multiple videos not necessarily you but you're going to have to actually like have competitors or, or preferably just resource sites also you know ready to put some some videos out so that if google goes oh, okay here's some supplemental they'll, they'll have a pool to draw from as well to, to, to sort of break this down a little bit um some remarkable things were published by gary ease the other day and then and then and then uh put into a, 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 a sprawling article in search engine land yesterday by by barry schwartz <laughs> the first really remarkable thing is probably the clearest explanation yet of how universal search actually works. Um, and this is Google, like Google never shows beneath the hood or very, very, very rarely shows beneath the hood. And I got to say, this is like, uh, did, you, did you see Edward Lewis's new car? This is like looking beneath the hood. Oh my goodness. Um, uh, uh, you don't often get to get to get to get to see stuff like that. Too. Um, it, you're right. It is very logical how Google's doing this. But for webmasters, think about this. You have different elements on a web page, um, text content, images, uh, uh, video, um, things, things that there are specific and unique search engines for. Gary just told you that each of those search engines, you know, maintain indexes and stuff and sort of like compete against each other to prove relevancy of result sets that, you know, you are providing it um like dave just said find the spaces um it's a remarkable article uh obviously it took a long time just just to, even for barry to write that article it'll take a while to read it um but read it you should because i think there's great gold in there there is one of the things I find really, really fascinating about this one. It actually is only occurring to me as we're talking about it. And I'm going to like contact my, so some folks for my client and go, how would this even possibly work? Because I don't understand machine learning at any deep breadth of, of you know, how, how something like this would work. But what I find fascinating about this one, um, you know, as of like, I don't know, 60 seconds ago, when it occurred <laughs> to me, the difficult, the, this difficult challenge is, 
we're dealing with a with a, a moving target of, of metrics. And, and what I mean by that is with most machine learning models that I've ever conceived of, Google clearly hits this problem a lot, but the ones that I, I generally think of would be a model with a set desired action where I can train a model based on like, like the one I'm working with for that client where, yes, there are a variety of different metrics we're looking at, but they're all focused around one thing. Yeah, there's right? a like threshold that you can yeah, measure against. Th that we can measure against. In this case, we have various different success metrics. So if it's a featured snippet, a success metric might be there was no click, right? Like that that, that in and of itself was sure. meant to be the answer. Then we're comparing with video where you would have the video and also how far in did they watch? Did they go to oh. one of the jump links or did they like just so many sort of diverse uh, metrics and then finding a way to pull those together uh, into one sort of like unified, um, you know, sort of strategy of, okay, as they're competing with each other, how do we understand which jockeying for position produces the best result? Um, it, it would be a very, very interesting challenge to do. I mean, they've got a lot of smart people who've designed things just like this. And, you know, looking at the page as a whole, it would have a success metric that, that would be measured against. But I, I think it'd be a very, very interesting challenge for, for some people who are way smarter than me. <laughs> just in case anyone out there heard us say something along the lines of a click is as good as a link. We did not say that at all. <laughs> like that, that, um, it is not, not even close. Because what, what we're looking at here, or what Google I think is looking at here, isn't a click. It's that click behavior. Um, like Dave said, there's something that's going to happen when a video a video gets clicked. Um, the uh, the resource space, the 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 the, the important information information the video imparts is at a, a certain place and most people will probably shut off the video after that that's click behavior you can see what happens and the majority of people's clickers do that um but it's not one click equals google going yahoo um nobody goes <laughs> yahoo with this nope. anymore. <laughs> um, well and one thing i think that's really important to note which gary did discuss here is what we're talking about here is separate from their ranking algorithm. A click mm -hmm. on a video goes video works, but they don't use that to spe specify which video works, which I also found interesting and in telling that they have a different algorithm altogether to determine which videos should rank if a video is going to, to rank at all. The, the component that Gary's talking about is they clicked on a video, even if it's my video, that doesn't mean that I get to rank or I, my propensity to rank is higher because of that click. No, it just means video has the propensity to rank. I mean, ebb and flow based on other ranking factors of, of video specific. So there's again, a lot to unpack <laughs> in that article and a hell of a lot to think about. But again, more than any other thing, I think that's been released from inside Google, um, recently this actually gives um actionable ideas on how google itself is working um what you do with that knowledge that's a, that's a different matter but you don't often you don't often get that kind of view inside no the last time we got that and we had a very similar discussion i think was when john had talked about the use of clicks and user interaction with search results and the idea and it is very similar to this one that no google uses that to judge their search page mm -hmm. so it's not going to influence you whether you get a click but it will influence 
their view of the success of their result. And it's very, very similar to this. They'll view it as the success of video, but not you specifically. Now, we can get into where, you know, that that may or may not help you, um, but that's that's a different rabbit hole to fall down, and, uh, and we can maybe chat about that another time. Well, you know, no matter what happens, we're going to have to because there is another rabbit hole we got to fall down to, and that's the rabbit hole of commercialism. You just can't <laughs> live can't live without it, but it's what keeps us on the air. So, folks, we got to take a break here on Webcology on WMR.FM. It is the uh, 29th of July, 2021. Uh, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beefstock Internet Marketing, the Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, stick around. More to come up after these messages. For maximum customer engagement and retention, choose CleverTap. CleverTap is a leading customer engagement and retention platform that helps digital brands maximize lifetime value. Over 8,000 apps around the world, including Vodafone, Star, and Sony, trust CleverTap to improve user engagement, boost retention, and fuel long-term revenue growth. Learn more at CleverTap.com. That's CleverTap.com. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology on WMR.FM. It's the 29th of July, 2021. And uh, fun little uh, fun little snippet put up in uh, SE Roundtable the other day. Um, Google uh, learned two things from this article. One, if... Uh, you have two results from the uh, same domain. Uh, Google uh, might indent the uh, results snippet, second results snippet. And two, if we are ever in Tel Aviv with Barry Schwartz, he, he's the one telling us where the pizza is. So those are the two things I've learned today. <laughs> okay, I did not know that last one. So now well, I know. Whenever I notice, every, every time, Every time Barry does a search uh, oh, or puts up search results, it always involves <laughs> Tel Aviv pizza. Good point. <laughs> the, the, the dude's an expert. And we also know what his favorite food is, clearly. Indeed. Um, but that's kind of neat, the uh, the indentation of the uh, the second results snippet. That actually, I think, is uh, will get you more notice than, than last. I think that, 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 that leaps off the page. Yeah, and one thing I found really interesting about that um was it, it, it as soon as i saw it it got my spidey senses tingling um and so off i went to the archives <laughs> um to to see what i could see and and lo and behold pulling up some screenshots from back in 2009 what did i see 
indented second listings. <laughs> I was like, okay, the more things change, the more they stay the same. I guess Google decided back then that they wanted to pull that back for, for whatever reason. And now um, here we are again with, with indented listings. I, I don't know why, I don't know why they took it away or what made them decide to test it out again here. But uh, I know when they moved it away, I didn't like it. I mean, not because I wanted the extra visibility for clients. I mean, because sometimes it cost me and I had less visibility because the one ahead of me <laughs> um, had, had the double listing. So it was, you know, sort of, you, know, you win some, lose some on that one. Yeah, exactly. But um, as a user, it does make more sense. Like it just, it just makes more sense for me to go, if I've clicked on one, I don't need to click on the other. Like if I didn't nope. like what I saw, I didn't trust that site, whatever. Now I know I, I don't need to go to that one. I can tell you exactly how this went down. You know, it's been 12 years since they did the last time. That's two generations of dev techs. <laughs> you know, somebody thought it was a bright idea. There's nobody around who remembered not to do it. Okay. That's probably pretty accurate. Or they're like, you know, we've got better like systems to actually measure success now. Why don't we give this another go? Who knows? Maybe we'll see a bunch of old stuff coming up. Um, that's right. It's called Google Retro. <laughs> <laughs> I can totally see it. <laughs> okay, um, uh, where are we going? Okay, so I've seen actually I've seen this out there in the wild a little bit. Um, you know, kind of kind of raised an eyebrow at it, wondering what Google might think about it, but never really cared. Um, but as it turns out, Google said quite specifically, no follow tags are universal signals in places you'd think a no follow should go. Like, you know, say you got sponsored content or affiliate content or whatever, you don't need to tell Google that's sponsored or affiliate. You do need to tell the users on, on front facing, but in the source code and the, you don't need to put a affiliate link uh, tag. Just call it a no follow. Google will respect you for it. And if you can yeah. get away with follow, go for it. <laughs> I find this really, really interesting timing because I just been chatting with a client like literally yesterday um, who's deploying a forum. You may have even seen me talking about that client on, on Facebook. Um, and I, I was dealing with the like UGC and, and having that very discussion. I'm like, it is just the same as no follow. It's just a little more specific. We will be going with the UGC um, for user generated content. I'm in the forums rather than just a, a no follow um, just for clarity. But to their point, it doesn't matter which one you use. I just figure we might as well remove any, you know, any question. question well, will that, will that help you is. with your metrics in the long run? Like, will you, will you get something out of that? I don't think I will. Like, we're going to be measuring clicks in a different way on, on those pages just because I, I like to. Um, and it's easy to do. Like, just go, okay, use Tag Manager, track this as an event and jam it over into analytics so that I can see mm -hmm. what people click on, on which pages um, to see how many outbound clicks we get and what outbound clicks we we, we do do get, because we're actually hoping for something. This is one of those cases. It's a forum where I'm hoping to find out what other things that we're not talking about are being talked about, um, you know, or, or people are, are visiting, right? I might get some content ideas out of it. Who knows? Um, but I, I do like the, I, like, anytime, anytime I can go, hey, Google, I, I'm just going to, like, I understand you're smart, but I'm going to spoon feed you anyway. <laughs> I could go, this is this. This is why it looks like this. I'm sure they could figure it out. We're going to have forum right in there, right? Like, I'm sure they'll figure out why we're no following this stuff. But Google, like, we've all seen that, right? Google just isn't 
as smart as we think they are. And they, they'll say it, like this isn't an attack on Google. Like their systems need to be told really clearly what things are often. And that's why we have schema. So they, they came out with UGC and sponsored and, you know, as separated from nofollow for a reason. Yeah, I'll drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> like, no problem because you came out with it for a reason. And so I'll follow that reason and I'll give you exactly what you want. At some point, I see a future where I'll have to go, all right, guys, need to switch it all to nofollow now because Google's pulling this back like they did with authorship. Because <laughs> like, well, so, I, I just don't see how Google found a lot of utility in this. Um, I think it already it already vaguely knows the purpose yeah. of a link, what it is, where it came from, the content around uh, the content there there in and there back. Um, but uh, I think I think Google honestly thought it was going to be able to measure types of web content more easily, and then found out that this doesn't actually work that way. Because no. um, a cause lot of people have, just didn't do it. There's that. There's it's not applied equally or evenly, and you have to now suddenly have to have a whole panoply of tags that do relatively the same thing. Yeah. Um, so you got to program for that in every instance. Right. Um, I, you know what? I do think they did it like they did authorship. Like I have a feeling they never planned on deploying authorship in any real long-standing way. I think they were like, okay, just show us what we need to know, and then once we figured out a few obscure forum setups or something like that or like you you know social media sites or whatever like a few structures we haven't seen before so yeah. they can figure sure. out ah that's what you know user generated content looks like there that's how sponsored is placed I, I have a feeling they'll roll it over but my hope is they'll they'll learn some stuff <laughs> we will be going with a non-standard forum structure um like it won't look in its in its layout or anything exactly like like many it'll have a lot of common traits but not exactly in a lot of ways so i just want to make sure all right, there's a, and I know there's no harm done. Heck, I could put both tags on if I wanted, <laughs> like, um, you know, just for for safety and go. Okay, when they roll this back, then then we got a backup plan in place. But uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, okay, jumping stories. Um, there's the have you ever? This is a weird one. Um, it's a phenomenon that that had been happening for the last few months, and I think people are just sort of putting their thumb on uh, on what it is. Um, the quality threshold cliff. So, how to phrase this? Um, people have had websites or web pages um, just disappear from the search, okay? But um, they're 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 no longer in the index. I guess they they find it by seeing a zero out on placement in Search Console uh, for or something. Um, but when they resubmit the website manually to Google, lo and behold, a few days later, boom, the page is reinstated in the index. So, uh, Gary Ease wrote, wrote an answer to this. And according to that answer, and this is, this is, I'm not sure how quite this works, but falling off the cliff is a warning that your site is marginal and about to fall off the cliff. So if your site falls off the cliff, be warned, you're about to fall off the cliff. Just in case you, I, this, this is where I get confused, Dave. Why would they do this as a warning? <laughs> Why wouldn't they have something that said, hey, you're about to fall off the cliff before you fell off the cliff? Yeah. I, warning. I, I have a feeling that it's not programmed in as a warning because it's such a subtle like, language. You got to know to look and you got to like half that's going to be like, I accidentally looked. Right. And then happened to look and notice that this individual page went away. Right. Or, or something like that. Although I'm right now thinking of ways that you could sort of automate that, like by, by scripts into Google Sheets or something like that to, to pull your, your pages into uh, 
into uh, a warning file. console and do a comparison of the two and go, okay, if I see things bounce in and out, um, you know, tell me really quickly that, uh, that that's happening. But, um, you know, I, I do think if you do pay attention to things like that, like if, if you are watching and, and you'd need to know to look, but chances are if your site's at that like threshold cusp of like, we're not talking about the, the cusp between position 10 and 11 or the cusp between position three and four. We're talking the cusp between even being considered for possible indexing or not among the yeah. 2 million other sites. Like you probably have some inkling that your pages are not. <laughs> yeah, do you feel weird you know, about your site? Really quality. Like, I don't even know that I would like jump on that one and go, gee, I want to tell Google, hey, my site is falling in and out because chances are, you know, that your site's going to be pretty low quality if that's the case, or that you've somehow done something that makes it look low quality. Now, it may not be your site because I have seen pages drop out. I've dealt with scenarios where we actually got, we've got pages in the index and I'm like, no, these are low quality. We need to like find a way to boot this stuff out. It's supplemental. It's meant for like researchers. It's not meant for like bots and people. Mm -hmm. It's meant for like people who want like obscure data that nobody can understand except for like eight people. Um, you know, and, and it, it's all images or something, right? Like and obscure diagrams and stuff that like, I don't really want Google to get to that. This is thin content and, tens of thousands of pages of it um you know you hit something like that yes we want to see them drop out if you saw them in you you'd have problems because they would be marginal pages so i, I think this is useful also going the other direction because i have looked at that sort of thing going okay and also look for pages that are in the index that might be hogging up other pages that if you're causing that, confusion on google's end what was so, that 2080 rule that uh, john mueller was talking about last week if you uh you know concentrate on the 20% of your content that's actually really good content that's mm -hmm. solid actionable provides great value to users and that 80% that like you're talking about Dave like it's important it's got to be there there are those eight people who need that diagram right well they need that diagram but 80 million people don't need it right and Googlebot uh, doesn't need it because <laughs> like, you wouldn't even know how to look for it in some cases right like it'll be like it's an image right like how do you look for a chart yeah, sure. Um, um, so Mueller was stressing again: if you radically deprioritize that low, um, low uh, quality content, um, and really put effort into the much smaller percent—be it ten percent, five percent, twenty percent, whatever—of your website, that uh, don't don't worry about the percentage number. It's just the smaller part of your website that's actually the quality important stuff. Then overall, you're likely to benefit far more including those eight people who need to uh, get to that uh, 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 quiet, con that, that less quality content, because it'll be easier for them to find your page in the first place. Right. Okay. But again, let's not describe this as a warning. If you fall off the cliff, you fell off the cliff and you got a quality problem, but there's your, but it's more of a uh, diagnosis than a warning. You fell off the cliff because of the quality. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I, I'm going to just, as, as you know, everything, we always need to look in, in everything to do with SEO. We always need to look into what is the signal representative of, because having a page on your site is not necessarily like that falls in and out. 
is not necessarily indicative of a poor site, right? It may be part of that 80. Like I was mentioning, yeah, it. No, 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 like our client itself. had pages that shouldn't be in there. We're trying to get out of the index, <laughs> like as their primary, like the, uh, we still want them, I guess, sort of like to exist because they do need to be crawlable, but more to that, like excluded, like Google understands they're useless kind of pages. Um, you know, or, or, or at least should be greatly devalued. So it's like looking at bounce rate. Like I remember one time I panicked when I noticed our bounce rate spiked on, on, on our company site. And I was just like, holy crap. Like this is obviously like a frightening thing, right? Like for, for me, I'm like, what is going on? What so, has happened here? So the question is, why is it going on? Why? Well, I, I went in and fortunately I'm an SEO. So I knew like sort of the sorts of things to look at. And I went, oh, all the, like our, our rankings in our blog have spiked. So people, a bunch of people are coming in, reading the thing they came for and leaving, right? Like exactly what users are meant to do. Pull out the like blog from our, our bounce rates and oh, okay, everything's normal, right? Like everything actually held. It was just like overarching. So all things need to be put in the right context. What are you mm -hmm. measuring and, and what should it mean? Um, and so, yeah, seeing one page go in and out, really ask yourself if it's so important that it should be in the index <laughs> yeah, and now it needs to be addressed, and you probably should have been doing that earlier. Um, but if it's not, then just let it go. That this isn't a problem. Um, so just just let that one go and move on to pages that should be in the index and should be ranking better. Okay, a couple stories sort of mashed together here. Um, <laughs> uh, 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 there was a, a Gary East put up a post, uh, a Twitter post, a couple of days ago. Um, Suggesting people who spend too much time concentrating on uh, core web vitals and not enough time concentrating on really good content might be concentrating on the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. um, so that's important. Now, that's not to say that your core web vitals aren't important. In fact, they are a ranking factor. They're just a minuscule ranking factor and they're often being considered against your competition not against your actual ranking um but the other story that i want to mash in together so so gary tells us this it's important information and then google comes out with it with an announcement the uh, google page experience uh, the update that replaced uh, the, uh, the the speed update this is probably now baked into the algorithm so google page experience and everything you're seeing in search console is now the new metric that's your go-to metric but it's not that important. But it is that important. <laughs> so this is what drives me crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's funny. I, I'd actually mentioned I, I had a little back and forth with uh, John on my on my cover to that story where he's offering a bit of clarification, which I think mm -hmm. most people knew, but he wanted to like make sure like this is just talking about the core update. Um, and he's like, and there's other things you should look at. And I had said so you mean there's more than just one like ranking factor? And he, he basically responded, there are three. So for people in the audience, there are three uh, ranking factors, uh, according to Google. Um, just if, <laughs> if, you're, if you're wondering. Um, <laughs> so um, anyway, obviously that was tongue in cheek. There's, you know, break it down, probably tens of thousands of them. If you break down like all the little flavors and, and ebbs and flows um, that, that go along. Um, but I, I do find it... Um, it, and you probably do too, because I think that's where you're going with it. Like, oddly interesting how much sort of talk and emphasis has been put into something that they yeah. keep also saying at the same time, this isn't the end all be all. The tr 
true success metric of your site, did I convert, has always <laughs> been yep. influenced by this, by this metric. But now they've made it an official part of the ranking algorithm. Makes perfect sense because they want to send people to places where they'll be satisfied. We should I want them there too. Um, so they do want that in there. But then at the same time going, this yeah, is Let's keep people. in mind, they rank, they don't rank speed. They don't rank pretty mm -hmm. templates. They rank yeah. content. And that's, that's what it boils down. But I mean, they should have seen this coming because they gave us a number. Do they remember what happened when they gave us a green bar? Like we go. broke it. We obsessed <laughs> and broke it. Um, so similarly, we're all going, oh, okay, you've given me something I can measure. Like, it's my favorite stuff to work on. Right. And, and like, I don't need like there. I mean, there's things that get well above my head in like ways to really optimize for, for the core web vitals, but I love working with developers. Cause I can tell them like when this number goes up there, <laughs> right? like, it, whatever you do to make this number improve, you've got a measurable, there it is. We don't have to wait weeks or months to find out, say run this tool. Did it work? Right. And so we all love those, but developers are very happy when you could do that for them. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and, and I don't blame them because I like it too, where I can then go to the client. Okay. You were a five. Now you're a 75. <laughs> like That was the difference here. We can probably do more, but all your competitors are in the twenties and thirties. So let's not worry about it for right now. <laughs> like we're, we're faster than the other campers running away from the bear. So we don't have to worry about that. We can just like, we can worry about our, our content now and, and, and things like that. Or, you know, hopefully they were able to focus on multiple things. If you're dealing with, with companies that could, you know, focus on a, on a few things at once. But um, anyway, I, I do feel for them for that, but you know what? They signed up for it. They knew it was coming in. They, they saw what we did to Matt cuts all these people, all the Google reps now. <laughs> so. been That's true. Actually, you know, they think they'd have been prepared. <laughs> oh, they probably were. That's why we went or they went, we're not doing these pre-recorded videos anymore. I'm not going to be a T-Rex. Nope. 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 <laughs> okay. Um, one more before we got to hit a break. Um, so both Google and Facebook. Uh, are going to require staff to uh, come back to come back to work at the offices, but when they before they come back, they're going to have to all be fully vaccinated. Uh, I made that announcement in the last couple. Of, actually, they made now Google made that announcement two days ago, and Facebook made their announcement two after two hours after Google did. Um, Google's pushing back their back to work date into the middle of October, as um, the Delta variant um, has uh, well kind of working its way through California um, through the unvaccinated population exponentially. And, um, you know, uh, you know, the vaccines give you like, like, like 10, maybe, maybe, maybe 85, 90 to 95% effectiveness against, against uh, the, 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 the COVID. Mm -hmm. That means there's a five to 10% chance it won't. And you might catch a breakthrough um, case of it. So far, the vaccines have universally um, given protection against the worst of COVID, which is which is death. Um, not universally, I'm sorry, but but almost universally, like yeah. statistically, zero point zero something of people who've been fully vaccinated have, have died after catching uh, a breakthrough a breakthrough um, uh, variant um, or breakthrough uh, uh, transmission. 
the point is Google is pushing back opening uh, Facebook and Google are both going to demand vac full vaccination of employees. Other firms like Microsoft haven't made them mandatory, but are strongly recommending uh, staff get vaccinated before returning to work. Um, it's going to be a very weird set of different standards that people have to figure their way around moving forward. Eh? Yeah, and I, I I feel for companies in that spot, but at the same time, like that's, I guess, when you start a company, that's the responsibility you take is deciding what you do. And, um, you know, I, I, I can almost see the battles, you know, we all can, right? Like, it doesn't take much to go, like much imagination to go, I know the conversations that they're having to deal with right now. <laughs> like, I, I, I know that's happening and, and, and some claim of, of rights or whatever. Um, but as comes true with freedom of speech, these are private corporations. They get to decide the rules for what happens on their property. <laughs> so that's that's what they're getting to do. You might not like everything, but this is this is what they're doing. I, I'm sure like I have no problem with this because I've already had my two vaccinations, right? Like I I, I obviously sort of go, yep, I, I'd prefer that too. Um, but taking a more um, you know, it's more nuanced, like or... sort of like, is this right? Um, at the end of the day, I just fall back on the, it's the right of a corporation. Like I'm a capitalist, right? We're all, everybody listening right now is a marketer. We're all capitalists. <laughs> that's, that's just, and, and these are companies that are deciding what they want to do. Well, again, it's just, that's for me, I mean, is it right? Is it legal? Is it moral? Is it ethical? All of those questions come into play, of course, but mm -hmm. it's just that there's going to be like, you could walk across the street and walk into a completely different set of standards at a corporation yeah. that's the size of a nation state. Um, yeah. And you know, it's like this, this is when you walk, I hope, I hope all of our listeners get these kind of experiences, but when you walk onto the Microsoft campus, the Google campus, the Facebook campus, you're walking into a different kind of place into um, a place where you can actually feel the state admission. You know, it's like walking into another country in a way. Um, and then you, I mean, you realize that these these these, these corporations have the bank accounts and uh, virtual power of nation states themselves. Um, they're setting standard and precedent that's almost like law. And again, just having the different standards is going to make the valley a weird place to be. Just like being in Toronto or in any city that doesn't have like any set out standards for people to follow. Um, it's going to be weird seeing how this evolves over the next yeah. few months. Yeah, it will be. On that, we got to take another break here on Webcology. We're definitely rounding out the hour. It's um, the 29th of July, 2021. The show's being recorded live to podcast. You're uh, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. This is Jim Hedger, Digital Always Media. Stick around. We got more coming up after these messages. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one -on -one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. 
an embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts. And much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Webcology takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology on, w- on WMR.FM. It's the uh, 29th of July, 2021. It's Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And... Um, we're pressing time. We're definitely pressing time. This is a, a big story for uh, 10 minutes, but um, privacy sandbox. Google is trying to incorporate a newly found respect and love for user privacy and their EU lawyers um, and, their, and, and, and California lawyers um, and their uh, marketing systems. Mm-hmm. Um, Google's trying to figure figure its way out of a conundrum it's in. Mm-hmm. Is that a better way to express it? Yeah, that's a good way to word that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and what they're, what 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 they're trying to do is build what they're calling the privacy sandbox. Um. Okay. How to how to really radically oversimplify this? <laughs> when you think about user data privacy, there are enormous number of factors and elements to consider. Google is trying to establish the framework in which many of these factors or elements are considered, yet Google still gets as much information as they possibly can about the individual in question. Um, and they've set a uh, they set timelines. Um, they're, they're accepting proposals on exactly how they're going to do this. Um, they want to have a minimum, as I, as I, as I understand the article, they want to have a minimum viable product ready for the last quarter, 2022. Dave, you are infinitely, infinitely, um, more, uh, 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 up to date on this than I, what's going on here? Um, well, I think for, for, for listeners, um, if you want to see how this is rolling out, and I think this is more a clarification than than any real details um, oh. on what we need to do, um, which is, I mean, that, that's fine because these these details are are, are quite handy. Um, but if you you head over, actually, you know what, Search Engine Land um, does a does a good George Nugent. I hope I just pronounced his name. Uh, correctly, but um, did, did a good write-up of it um, and, and sort of a good description. But what we're seeing here is their path. Um, so we're seeing like what, what they've basically done is through grids and, and explanations. And if you actually follow the link over to, to their write-up, you can hover over stuff and sort of see what it does in, in the chart. Um, but what we're seeing is 
where they're the timeline around where their discussions testing um, you can see on the the graph on search engine land but you can you can actually understand it i had to go over the art uh, the actual piece to sort of understand it the ot started which is original trials so where they're running some original trials but basically it breaks down and helps explain this is the various stages this is what we're doing this is what's included at these various stages so we know um heading in q4 um, or at some point in Q4 of 2021, we're going to be moving from just um, using the, 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 the systems for fighting spam, right, which, which is, is already um, underway in testing. We'll be seeing that expanded over into the, like, according to this, like, graph, um, the showing relevant content for ads and measuring digital ads. And then, uh, you know, halfway through quarter four, um, they're going to be moving, as as they described, to the strength and cross-site privacy boundaries. So dealing with different, and some of this stuff is, is getting into, into technical stuff that goes, you know, above my head. Chips API. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I have no, like, I'm just full disclosure. Oh, my God. It's the Ponch and John <laughs> API. Right on. Um, but it, it helps us get those timelines and lets us know, like, by the first quarter, they're predicting, according to this timeline, all things going well, but we're well into testing, that on the fighting spam and fraud on the web, it should be deploying. Like, just that's that's where their systems will be deployed. Um, however, we'll be looking at a Q3 2022 of the deployment of the things that we're going to, basically, they're testing everything for a year. That's <laughs> boiling down to, except for the cross-site um, boundaries, like all the APIs and stuff like that, that part um, is going to have basically about half a quarter less, right? Like they're starting it halfway through Q4 of this year, um, but they're going to still be deploying it for Q3 um, of, of next year. And then Q4, everything should just be completely rolled out um, and, and into what they're viewing as stage one. Like when I, cause when I say deploying, I, I mean, in a according to like the charts and stuff, that's when it will be ready for adoption, like according to theirs, but they'll have already tested it. I can't see them going, oh, we've done a bunch of like real world tests. Now we're gonna stop everything. And, and perhaps uh, like that'll be the stage where um, they're starting through adoption. Um, and then they go stage one in Q4 um, of their, their transition period. So it sort of helps us understand the timelines that we're looking at. I think if I'm involved, like if you're an SEO, like only like organic SEO, there isn't as much in here for you. There's still stuff, but there isn't as much. But if you're in paid search, um, this chart's going to really matter a lot and understanding the timelines that you're dealing with. Um, and I would highly recommend um, head over to Twitter, um, grab like somebody like Nava Hopkins who analyzes this stuff as it relates to paid. Um, and she's been on our show a few times. Maybe we'll have her on. Maybe I'll have her on next week. <laughs> if, she's, if she's available, just occur to me now um, and chat about how this is about you to impact really should. people. You really, really should. Now, now users might be um, uh, uh, either um, concerned or relieved to know that Google's really in the discussion stage on your privacy about most of the stuff. Yeah. Um, you remember the uh, link spam updates that ran? Mm -hmm. uh, one ran um, at the end of last month and another one actually ran just this week. Um, that may well be the um, testing of the uh, fight spam and fraud on the web that that is mentioned here. Um, so you can actually correspond with real life events. Yeah, well, and it was interesting because I, I 
I had read Barry, talk, Barry, we've mentioned like five times on the show or something, uh, Barry talking about that and that it's been rolling out over the last, like mostly that it had rolled out, but a lot of people are feeling the impact of the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. I like right as I was reading that about half an hour before that, I emailed a client going, oh, here's your last like seven days of traffic. You can see this like big jump and in your rankings, you've got this big jump over the last couple of days. And then there was part of me that just had to enjoy the fact that like, I like making gains, but if they are, I haven't deep dived into this one yet. So right now we're just dealing with likely coincidence, potential correlation. Um, but if we are dealing with causation, that pleasant smile you can have and going, oh, good. One of the competitors got hurt. <laughs> like, I know that sounds horrible, but it's like, oh, it's not just about me winning. It's like, oh, I, I knew you were using like tactics I didn't like and that I couldn't deploy to beat us on some things. So if you get like kicked in the butt for that a little bit, that'd be all right. <laughs> we're almost out. Um, it's we're, I think it's worth noting a couple, just a couple of sort of house cleaning things here. Um, uh, uh, you are going to notice changes in Search Console um, around your search performance. Um, I think everyone I've talked to in the last week has said, "Yeah, there's been visible changes here. They're either up or they're down, but it's there's very little hold and steady." Mm-hmm. So a lot's obviously a lot has happened and we're seeing the shakeout of all of the stuff that's been happening. Well, I shouldn't say all of it, but we're seeing the shakeout of some heavy stuff that's been happening because it seems to be affecting a lot of people. Um, enough that anecdotal evidence, um, everyone I've talked to and everyone I talked to is talked to is experiencing um, uh, either increases or decreases as measured in, in, in Search Console, decreases increases in ranking and it increases in traffic i got some good ones though you know you, 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 you ever like bet ahead of time you know that the shakeup is coming and you're like okay these guys are going to do well and these guys are probably not going to do so well yeah i got one i mean we, we've been i've been concentrating a lot on content because it's what i what i do yeah but i've been really really freaked out about uh, uh page speed page quality and and then core web core web vitals and some pages that didn't pay as much attention to um, Core Web Vitals as I would have wanted them to mm-hmm. really benefited. And I was, I, I got to tell you, I was surprised to see that. So maybe Google was right when they said it's kind of like a tiebreakery kind of thing. Um, I, th- I think that's, you know, that's, that's my own little bit to throw into there. Yeah. Uh, but for, for folks who want to like watch this story as it unfolds and I'll ask you about it in like another month, they're still, they're still adding a little spice, little, little, little tweaks here and there to, to its impact. So hopefully, like, I hope for your client's sake that holds out. Uh, but I hope for your understanding of what should be that it almost kind of doesn't because then that well, means no, no, no. your instincts were right. <laughs> no, for my, for my client's sake, I really hope they start yeah. Yeah. dealing with this core web. Yeah, well, like, yes, like, we go. Deal with it guys. I know you're listening too. So deal with it. Like, um, <laughs> it's, it's very important. Can't stress that. <laughs> but again, so is the content because that's what Google's actually looking for. Yeah. That's what Google wants. That's what, that's what the searches are looking for. And on that, we have gone all the way around the clock. And so it's the top of the hour on the uh, 29th of July, 2021. This show was recorded live to podcast through uh, WMR.FM. Uh, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedge from Digital Always Media. I ain't going to be here next week, but Dave will. So, friends, be safe. Uh, rank well. Get vaccinated. <laughs> Please get vaccinated. COVID is 
still real. And um, have an amazing week. Half of us will talk to you next week. The opinions expressed in this WMR.FM program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WMR.FM. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent.